0: Today's episode is brought to you by Falling Water. We think that we each dream our own dreams, right? But what if someone could walk out of their dream and into yours? What if they could use your dreams against you without you ever knowing? On October 13th, the producers of The Walking Dead and Homeland present Falling Water, a new original drama on USA Network, where the battle for your dreams is real and what happens while you and happens while you sleep. Because there are those who can control dreams And those people will control the world. Falling Water, a new original series, Thursday, October 13th at 10, 9 Central, only on USA Network. Hey, let's start the show. For Thursday, October 6th, 2016, welcome to a very special edition of This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. And welcome to this week's episode. We are in a very strange location this week. And it's just
1: Jeremy and me, Norm. Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, You you never know what to expect with this podcast. I know.
0: Um, I apologize for the podcast coming out one day late. Because, Jeremy, for the past two days, we have been on location.
1: Yes. I thought I was being blamed there for a second. Yes. (laughs) I know. We're on location. Oculus Connect 3. That's right. It's going to be a VR hour.
0: I think yeah, a VR the VR minutes, yeah, like min- the minutes as the recap, right? What happened this past week? Um, three big things happened in VR. We're gonna go through them one at a time. We're gonna save for a lot of the technology talk, whether it's Yahoo snooping on emails, mm. to uh, maybe the new the new Google Pixel phones. We'll touch briefly on that for next week when we get the podcast and have Kishore back on the show. Uh, but let's start with Google. Because okay. they had a big announcement, the Made by Google event where they announced phones, a new <laughs> Wi-Fi router system, yeah. um, and uh, the new uh, Google Home finally announced pricing availability for that. And the new headset. And a headset. Yeah. So the reason uh, it's part of the VR Minutes is because they announced the first hardware they're making for Daydream.
1: Yeah, it looks like a Gear VR. I, I don't really get the big deal about this other than it looks kind of nice. It looks, you know, covered in fabric, kind of like the Oculus Rift. Um, it has a RFID in there so that you can get the phone centered exactly right. That's nice. Um, beyond that, I was really hoping for inside out motion tracking. I mean, you know, maybe that's pie in the sky. Maybe it's unreasonable, but that's what I was hoping for and I didn't see it. So, um, and it's about the same price as a, as a gear VR.
0: Yeah, it was $80. Yeah. It's coming out um, later this year, November, um, along with the Pixel phones, made for these Pixel phones. And you're right, it's the next evolution, I think, of Google Cardboard, closer to Cardboard and Gear VR than to uh, positionally tracked the Rift or the Vive. Yeah. So it is made of cloth. It's supposed to be very lightweight, seven, a little over seven and a half, seven point and three fourth ounces, so um, not too heavy at all. It fits both the uh, both of the new Pixel phones, uh, the five inch and the five point five inch, and everyone's touting that there's this wireless connection between the phone and the headset. But the headset really doesn't have any electronics. It's a lens system, mm-hmm. lightweight, it's malleable. Uh, but the wireless connection is that it has an NFC chip so that the headset knows where it is aligned inside oh, the, the headset. Okay. So it can it can have that view split in half. Um, but Daydream VR, you know, the Google standard is for low persistence it's for it's it has the basically the minimum specs required to have a comfortable rotationally tracked VR experience mm-hmm. We seldom tried it yet so it's you know it's all based on their promises but I think they were maybe a little misleading with their presentation and demo because it does have a, a The control.
1: controller right that's a good point yeah it looks a little bit like the oculus remote and you ha- it has an accelerometer inside of it so you can tilt it and aim your whatever you want to aim, at your remote in the VR. But their demonstration had, it looked like a wireframe arm or some kind of ghost arm moving it around in space, made it look motion tracked. And they weren't explicit about it not being motion tracked. And it, it's not, it can't be motion tracked.
0: I mean, to be fair, it has uh, IMU inside and it's more advanced than uh, the oculus remote which is right. just a remote,
1: but it would be like a move controller without the glowing orb on it I mean it might have accelerometer and gyro, but you're not going to be able to detect position with that hmm uh,
0: and Yeah, so I mean it's nice that they they have a controller built-in and yet yeah, packs into the headset when you're not using it Yeah, it's good for browsing content because there's they're gonna have their YouTube browser uh, They're gonna let you you know do 360 videos and, and photos and
1: and street view um, if you have a pixel phone it seems like a no-brainer. I mean, for people like me and you, we would have this thing.
0: I think it totally feels like a no-brainer if you're gonna already invest in, That's the thing. In, that, in the Android ecosystem and right. have that phone. Uh, some of the hands-on videos I saw showed that you could actually, it, it, how malleable it was. You can actually like, collapse it and, that was and fold it and you can take out the, um, the facial interface and, mm. and wash that if you needed to. Um, these headsets still have the problem of being very front heavy, because you still have phones Mounted to the front
1: of it. That's the computer.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's the computer and the display and, and the wireless connection and the battery. Mm-hmm. Right, all of those things add weight. Uh, so that's why it's eighty bucks. That, yeah, that, that's why it's well. That's why the it's, it's as low as eighty, right? Because there's no, <laughs> right. no there's no computer processing there. I still think yeah. eighty is a is a lot um, yeah. for this because cardboard is essentially free. Yeah, And you're getting um, you know for the, that type of content, good enough experience. Cardboard and even with Gear VR, people got those for free. Yeah, like when they bought the the, the new galaxies, um, there's no top strap for two. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious ergonomically if they're so confident as to the weight of the, this daydream view and also their phones that you won't need a you won't need the top strap. It's just a band on the side. You know, it's the ski
1: goggle design. Meh. What about the Wi-Fi solution that they unveiled? That's another mesh Wi-Fi solution. It is.
0: They're calling us Google Wi-Fi. Uh, I think we'll do a d- deeper
1: dive in that next week.
0: But yeah, I, it's it's. Very popular these days. There's Eero, Why? there's Amplify, yeah.
1: Um, and now, and now Google. It's like this year has been the year of mesh home Wi-Fi services. And like, what took so long? This is exactly the solution we've needed for years now. And businesses have employed this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with great success. This is like they hand off your Wi-Fi device from you know access point to access point as you move through a building. And Homes have been have had Wi-Fi troubles ever since Wi-Fi has been invented. Right. Why is it taken until 2016? Anyway, I'm glad it's finally here and that but, there's competition. So your
0: question is whether is it a technology that suddenly became available or a part that now makes sense or is it the software?
1: I, yeah, it just seems very interesting to me. I mean, yeah. all these products must have been involved uh, in development for much longer than just the past year. It's
0: not a new problem. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so.
0: Interesting. We're curious. It's something we're going, to, we're going to want to test along with Google Home. I think is getting a Pixel phone, so uh, we're going to have those tested as well. So I think overall, I'm not too excited with the VR announcements on Google's side. Yep. They're made by Google event. Um, and then we also had the embargo for PSVR. Ah, uh, yes, that's up. Yes. yes. So uh, we've had PSVR for a little over a week now. Uh, our review of that, you and I reviewed it. We uh-huh. both have played it in our homes. Um, let's go recap that a little bit for people who haven't uh watch the
1: review easy if you don't have a rift or a vive and you're not planning to get one but you're excited by vr you have a playstation 4 buy it that's a lot of ifs
0: <laughs> I, I would i would go so far as to say if you have a ps4 yeah and you don't have a gaming pc you should buy it yes i don't it doesn't even matter if you're interested or curious about vr If you have a ps4 right it is like it is a I think it is a better accessory for the PS4 than the Kinect ever was yeah. for the Xbox 360.
1: I hope you're a little bit excited by it to spend four to 500 bucks, but it's definitely not going to get deliver the um, perfect tracking fidelity that the PC solutions are delivering. Mm-hmm. That's the main setback, mm-hmm. but it's also a lot more affordable. It's in the living room. It has a lot of pluses and if you don't, like Norm said, if you don't have the PC guys, um, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's fantastic, and it's really, really affordable.
0: So there's the hardware and the experience with the technology, and there's also the launch lineup. Yep. Uh, Hardware-wise, the display and the headset itself, I think it checks all the boxes. I think they did an amazing job with, with basically three-year-old console hardware. Mm-hmm. Right for rendering power. It's yep. a 1080p OLED display, which is lower resolution technically than where you're going to find the RIP and the Vive. But because they're using that RGB subpixel arrangement, um, it looks good. It, has, mean, more
1: it, it has more subpixels. It's more per pixel. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. And also, they're not using Fresnel lenses, so you're mm-hmm. getting less of that. Those visual artifacts. The God rays. And uh, it's something we've said all along. Once you're in VR, you're focusing on the content so much. Mm-hmm. As long as the content is good, and they are, it's sufficiently um, immersive in terms of uh, the low persistence of vision, um, and, and also no judder, and you're comfortable, and you have all the, the required attributes for presence, field of view and re- resolution yeah. aren't all that important.
1: Right, Well, and also, if you're, not, if you're not comparing it to anything else, this crosses that threshold between immersion and non-immersion. It's wide enough, the field of view is, the pixel mm-hmm. density is dense enough, um, it, it gets the job done, yeah. and I mean it's it's beyond even the DK two. And we were in love with the DK two when that was hot new technology, right? Right. right. So the fact that you have ha- hand presence at all, and the fact that the gamepad is actually tracked in VR two, even so you don't even need the move wands to get some sort of tracked presence uh, for your controller, um, it's got a lot going for it. Plus, the fact that it's in the living room is is something that the PC guys don't don't have by default. Like right. they can't count on that. Yes. Whereas the PS4 is going to be a social experience that everyone can watch the dummy and put on the headset and dance around the room and Mm -hmm. wave his arms and you know maybe hit the TV with the remote. That's hilarious. At least there's the rubber ball, so it bounces, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Doesn't do the damage. And there's the whole idea of of social games, so the asynchronous stuff, so that Uh, you know you put new content on the asymmetrical. Yeah, sorry, asymmetrical, where the people on the couch are actually seeing something different than the person in VR and they're working with him or against him. I mean, that's that's only available in one title at launch, the, the VR Playroom, but that potential is huge.
0: And that's the one game that we actually still haven't played yet, the yep. biggest question. When We look we, at the, we
1: played it earlier this we, year, yes, not we, the release. Though. Yeah,
0: when we look at the launch lineup, just the games we've played from uh, Arkham VR, which is $20, it feels like a DLC experience and you're gonna get about as much hours of yeah. gameplay there as a DLC experience. Yep. Um, to Super Hypercube, which feels like it's totally worth it as a full price game, um, to uh, PS uh, VR Worlds, which is it's the pack-in game if you buy the bundle, Mm-mm. and I think it's a good selection of VR games. It's pretty high quality actually. Um, from there, the London Heist. Well, there's there's very to little Odyssey.
1: cohesiveness between the titles in PlayStation Worlds. Mm-hmm. You can tell that they were all maybe made as tech demos that were expanded into small games. Yeah, um, but so. If you don't like one game in there, it, chances are you'll like something else because they look nothing alike.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it's very comparable to uh, the lab.
1: The yeah, lab right, game. exactly. Um, I, re- I like the breakout game that was in there. It's it's like a racquetball. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a gaze-aim thing where you gaze to aim your deflector shield, and then you can swing your head forward to knock the ball forward, and you can put English on it. It's ton of fun.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, PSVR is going to be something Sony's invested in. Yep. I like mean, it, it, it's... Even worst-case scenario, it fails a couple years later. Sony's not going to drop it next year. They're going to—they've invested enough in it. They have the launch lineups, so They put money into putting the hardware out to marketing it. It's going for the life cycle of PS4 and yeah. PS4 Pro. Now, you know, we're talking about more than five-year-long console life cycles, uh, five to ten-year-long life cycles. PSVR is going to be around for a while. It's a safer—I think it's a safe bet if you're interested in VR. It's good for VR. Rising yeah. waters raises all boats. Yeah, rising tide raises Tides. all... Tides. Yeah. Um, what about Battlezone? That's, that's your favorite game in PSVR? Totally.
1: Easy. Uh, and it was at the PSVR event earlier this year. So, I mean, I knew I liked it going in, and it's just great. It's a cockpit game. You're in a tank. But the aesthetic is very Tron Legacy-like. Um, so you combine two things I like, which is cockpit games and Tron, and I'm sold. And it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, it, I will say... It did give my brother motion sickness, mm. but not me, and I'm pretty prone to it. Um, but I dug it. Good game. You know something that
0: I find those that has multiplayer, and there are yeah. some PSVR games that will have multiplayer, like the revamped uh, VR pool hall. Um, that's going to be that bar hall. You know, social VR in multiplayer environments is counterintuitive. Works against social VR in physical locations.
1: Yeah.
0: So. I think you have the one or the other it's I think it will be f- it's the
1: it's the Rock Band problem
0: right yeah, right and especially Rock Band VR coming out for for
1: Oculus which is you know, a single-player game which is exactly <laughs>
0: yeah. right um, when you have um, the PS4 and PS4s in living rooms I think you are gonna the, the advantage of being able to play games and people will watch you play a game yeah or even play along with you or against you in asymmetrical gaming experiences I think that's gonna be a huge win um, and I'm really interested to see how, you know, this Thanksgiving, how many people are going to have these kind of PSVR yeah. uh, family living room experiences. But once you do a multiplayer experience where you're interacting with people just through the headset.
1: Then you're ignoring your audience. Yeah, you're ignoring the people around that's you right. in the
0: physical space. And I don't know how well that's going to work in the living room.
1: That's an interesting point. Yeah. And the social stuff, the local social stuff, when you're in VR and you're engaging with the other people in the living room, that's really only interesting with tracked hand controllers. Mm-hmm. Not so much with a gamepad. Maybe well, maybe I in some standing games, games. Standing games maybe. You're right. Maybe some puzzle games. Yeah, you're right. I watched you play a super hypercube. Yeah, and that and was even, interesting. I, I
0: think Thumper that would still work because it's like a a musical experience.
1: Right. Yeah, you um, might be right about that. It's more fun to watch them move around like a tr- it, charades, though. Absolutely and and just like playing um
0: any console game on TV. You know, someone could be reading a book, reading a magazine, and someone could be playing Uncharted, and it's still fun to watch. Uncharted is the perfect game well, for watching. For, it's for, like for a m- watching, yeah. exactly. Um, I don't think we're there yet for for VR games being perfect just to watch. Yeah. I think yourself the because so much of the experience is the person looking around and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a solitary
1: thing. Yeah, and that camera movement makes some people ill to watch yeah. people's
0: right, right. Yeah. Um, is that all we have to say about PSVR? I know we gotta we gotta jump to the big Oculus Connect stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a more launch titles. The system comes out in, this week, October 13th. What's I, your favorite game on it? I think it's Super Hypercube.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: At least from the ones we've had access to so far. Yeah. Um, there's been the games that we have played so far. There's uh, Harmonix has a game out, which has four mini game experiences, which I was I was thrilled about. Um, there is um, not keep talking, but job uh, uh Job simulator, job simulator is in there, but you. that's a game I've played already.
1: Yeah, but people who haven't—that's a highly recommended game on any platform. Did
0: you play it in in uh, in PSVR?
1: I played it at the demo day mm. that at, they at the announcement day, and the controls were jittery. Like that, yeah. gets, we didn't talk much about that in this podcast, but that's that's an issue. The the tracking, the motion tracking for the controllers is based on a single tracking point uh, for positional because the. Move ones and the gamepad have one light. And the stereo optical uh, cameras on the, on the PS4 camera, they, they track it and its position based on the size of the, mm-hmm. of the light. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all they have going for it. So you need to dim your lights down. We were dinged by that. A lot of people saw that our lights were high. You know,
0: I was playing it in, in my
1: living room, night only. And same problems. All right. Same issues. So it's, yeah. it's definitely not as, as good as the PC solutions.
0: And regardless of the jitter and, and even some of that drift, it's going to be susceptible to occlusion. Yeah. Way more cuz you're talking about
1: one camera source. Well, two, but there's stereo right next stereo- to each other. right,
0: right. Yeah. Like basically one position yeah. for the camera. Um you know, it's it has a good vertical field of view and a horizontal field of view, but it's not going to protect you from blocking using your hands to block the light. Right. Uh, so I don't know if developers are going to have to work around that cuz you as a developer you want to make a game, a VR game that's gonna work across all three
1: platforms. Yeah.
0: Right. If you're developing if uh, from uh, Jason Snells company, um, no I expect you to die, that's a sitting experience using motion controllers. Technically it should work with Rift, Vive and PSVR, but that one you need precision.
1: Yeah, not as much precision as a shooting game though. Yeah. You know shoot. that that's I'm a little concerned about having to aim a gun with jitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big targets. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is a
0: mini shooting gallery in um, in the the VR playroom, so that that will be one to test it in. Yep. Um, but um, okay, so that's it with PSVR. Um, you know, speaking of uh, job simulator, uh, the Alchemy Labs guys, mm-hmm. uh, they did a blog post earlier this week. Uh, about their new mixed reality solution. I yeah, do you, talk you, about
1: you were explaining this to me. This is this is they've taken it to the next level. They're treating the um, the fantastic contraption solution as the second generation, and this is the third. Yeah.
0: So uh, it's a blog post. You can check it out at their website, alchemylabs.com, um, and it explains that they've been working on some type of mixed reality yeah. pipeline, production pipeline, for their game and potentially to let other people use whether it's with their engine their like our plugin yeah um so up, until,
1: up until now you there's been like three ways to do it one you just shoot a person on a green screen and you composite it onto a VR background. Just two layers. Yeah, and in that's a, in the, a video
0: in mixed reality, not just broadcasting VR. Right. there's also
1: just capturing well, yeah. the shaky head cam. Right. That's right. So that's there's that. That's like mm-hmm. level zero. Yep. Level one is composite a green screen guy onto the to the video screen, but then he's on top of everything.
0: And that's only that works best when you have some alignment. Yes. Like we tried, you know, putting a GoPro on the headset so you can at least, you know, kind of green screen your hands yeah. for shooting games. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's less interesting than, for example, doing a room scale game where you want to show someone playing Space Pirate Trainer and, right. and see where they're looking at, and where the and what enemies they're looking at, and where they're pointing their hands to fire their pistols. Right.
1: So the Fantastic Contraption guys took it to the next level and put the camera in VR and rendered out a foreground and background of the game, mm. along with a green screen guy, and then they mat they sandwiched the green screen guy in between a background. Game in-game render and a foreground foreground in-game render and that looks great, but it's very
0: computationally intensive.
1: And you need a special build of the game, obviously, and like it's definitely not easy to do.
0: And you're also using the uh, one of the track sensors as the virtual camera. Yeah, right? That's that's we've we've seen a lot of mixed reality solutions where you see these big camera setups, and mounted on top is a Vive mm-hmm. controller like, strapped to it, yeah, or even the Oculus headset like mounted right, right. there.
1: because you need to track something. You need something to be tracked. But the nice thing about that is the composite can be done in a video editor. Yes. Just like any other video. Absolutely. So what the Alchemy Labs guys are doing are, is next level.
0: Next level up because I think they wanted something that you can composite in real time and stream in real time. Um, so their solution uses a depth sensor, a depth camera, and creates a depth map of the scene, the real world scene you're trying to film Uh, While also capturing that video so you know for example you see if you see a person wearing the headset and holding The controller is on a green screen you're filming them But they are also getting their depth data and if you map that to what you know about Your virtual world you can then place that image in the virtual world and dynamically put objects in front or behind them Based on where the camera is supposed to be
1: and it, it provides much more accurate, you know depth um, detection I mm-hmm. would think or depth placement of the of the your person of your green screen person into the world.
0: It's depth its height yeah. um, you're allowing people to uh, Go under and behind objects mm-hmm. seamlessly and the software knows the game engine knows Okay, wow that person at this point at this pixel level depth It's is gonna be supposed to be behind this chair yeah. or under this table so we're gonna render the table in the composite above them and happening At 60 FPS, or uh, how many many FPS is it? At least 30 FPS, yeah, 30 FPS in in real time.
1: And the the way they've accomplished it is by building it right into Unity. So your composite isn't done in After Effects anymore. Yeah. It's being done in a game engine. Right. And then you just capture HDMI out and you're done. I mean, the thing that this
0: makes me excited for isn't just showing off games but is for creating entire video production. Oh my god, you could do a TV show based on this. That's exactly what I was thinking. You could
1: easily do a kids show, you know. I'm I'm thinking like, finally you can do really interesting animation uh, in interacting with people um, in real time and produce something for a pretty modest budget.
0: You think of the game environment as a virtual set. Yeah. You know, Job Simulator, if it's the office environment or the garage, that is a set for a room scale game show or it doesn't even have to be room scale because you can scale it down and have a massive environment and have just have your actors acting in a small part of it uh and then they don't even need to be wearing the headset
1: yeah but then they can't see everything right they would have well, to their actors of course so that, that does take a level of imagination yeah. and planning and rehearsal it, it's the weather person it's the meteorologist <laughs> it's you're walking it's off exactly. scene to the
0: green screen and you're gesturing you know here are the the high clouds the low clouds here's the happy cloud here's the sad cloud let me walk in front and then Everything right. just works around you. Suddenly,
1: the weather people of the world are pr- most prepared for one thing than anyone else. To be the VR actors. Yeah, to be VR actors. Wow.
0: I, I could see this being used in the local news. Weather Channel. Weather Channel should work yeah. with Alchemy Labs to put this in their budget. They'd be great at it. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's a little bit of mixed reality news. We saw some mixed reality uh, on display and being filmed at Oculus Connect. So let's move over to our the big event this week the main event let me
1: at least start the vr minutes theme song just so we have it in here all right
0: the vr minute virtual reality this week all right this week yep it's a big week it's a big big week um oculus connect is actually still going on right now we're recording this Thursday evening early evening and there's one more day to it the keynote was this morning uh, We spent yesterday going through a series of game demos, but let's talk about the the announcements at the keynote first
1: What did you want to know going into this most of all
0: well, I wanted to know about touch? The release schedule for touch. Yeah, me and too. price and price and they announced both they kind of they gloss over how over pretty quickly actually in the keynote which to me says they 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 knew people wouldn't be stoked about the price, about both price or release date.
1: I think there was a lot of speculation that Touch might even be released this month. There's no way, being October. There were some leaks about dates on you know some site in some European country. I don't know, but I was I had my fingers crossed. Why not? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of demo units out there. People are using Touch all over the place. Um, you know, there's there was information that Medium was going to be released for it. Um, however, you can pre-order it this month. That's right. But you won't get it until December sixth.
0: Yeah, December sixth is when Touch is launching two hundred dollars, and pre-orders go uh, are available October tenth. And anyone who's bought a Rift or pre-ordered a Rift, yeah, they're, they should be getting an email with instructions and how they can get an early pre-order, jump ahead of the line mm-hmm. to get Touch in. Um, Wow, December 6th and they're cutting of close to their promise of this launching this year. Yeah, well. I know pushing it back means that there is more time for game developers to get their games ready for launch. I just hope it's But it's, it's a not... no-brainer. What is? You by, if you have a Rift, if buy you have a touch, riff?
1: well, touch should have been a part of the yeah. an, original of package. Course. Yeah. Cuz once you use motion controllers, you never go back. So it's, I mean, Maybe you go back for, for some games, but most of them, you're gonna want Touch.
0: But as a launch, it's not like the Rift launch at all, where they need to say, we had the strongest game lined up yeah. in the history of consoles or entertainment um, to convince people to buy it. Because it's about, one, it's so much better with Touch than without Touch, that people who are waiting on the fence now can make that informed decision. And anyone who has a Rift who's already pot committed with $600 in this ecosystem, you, of course you should pre-order and get the Touch. Yep. And and you know, we haven't formally reviewed it yet, but we've used it enough now in all our game demos mm-hmm. for about a year, over a year It was the first time, last year E3, that I'm pretty confident that Touch is gonna be a great motion controller.
1: Absolutely, I mean it's everything that the Vive is, you could argue, plus a little more, they have the gesture tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very comfortable when I played a couple games where there's punching involved. Yep. It's the perfect controller for punching.
0: Yeah, cuz you can make easily make a fist.
1: I am making a fist, yeah.
0: And if there's a haptic feedback that's yeah. not just vibration effects. They can actually change the frequency of the feedback to to roll and to give you different yeah. different types of vibrations.
1: The tracking is for you know every for um it's every bit as good as the Vive. I, we can't say that definitively yet, mm-hmm. but in terms of just how we've I've experienced it, um, there's no jitter, there's no loss of tracking. It's very, very good. Uh, they also did announce, though, that you can buy a third camera. Yeah. Now, we've known for a long time that they will ship the touch with a second camera, but some people, it, two demos in, at Oculus Connect used a third camera. Two that we used. Right. Yeah. Um, in order to provide better coverage for a 360 game when you're really spinning all the way around so that you don't occlude the touch controllers from the two that are in front of you, ostensibly. And no, a
0: third camera will cost you $80. Yeah. So I think one of the things we'll definitely be testing is whether uh, the third camera is that much better than trying to do the opposite room you know, room scale set up, mm-hmm. um, you know, in different size rooms.
1: The thing about that is, though, every de- developer is going to be developing for two. Like, they have to support just two. Mm-hmm. Three, they can't require three. Yep. So people are going to have them set up as they suggest, which is two in front of you. Yep. Um, if, if, the, uh, if you have a third one, then that might improve it. But I, I'm not sure if anyone's going to have it set up with one in front of them and one behind them because that's not the recommended position for the two. Well, diagonally. Yeah, I know that that could work and that might work well, but I'm not sure if people will have them set up that way. Maybe that'll be a part of the testing process and we'll do mm-hmm. that, but I assume there's a reason an Oculus wants them in front of you.
0: Well, my recommendation is if, if I'm going to do that type of arrangement, yeah. I want to make sure that the front camera is going to be on the side of my dominant hand because that's right. the hand that I'm going to move and need most precision with Yeah, and, and have the other camera the back, the other side. Um, What do you think about the price? $200.
1: It's Exactly what I expected it would be. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, now they have control parity with the Vive, and they have price parity. $800 all in. Yeah. Uh, There's also...
0: I mean, that that basically means if it's $80 for the camera, it's $60 for each touch controller.
1: I don't know. makes sense. There's a lot of IR lights on there. It's a wireless connection, battery pack. It's nice industrial design. Don't you think that makes sense? I think
0: it makes sense if... They weren't trying to get as many of these out there as possible. Mm. Like, part of me wish at this, like you know, history is history. You can't change the past. Oculus said they put two hundred and fifty million dollars in seating app and game development, yeah. and they're gonna do another two hundred and fifty million. If they had taken some of that money and subsidized the cost, as they said they were gonna do, lower the cost of the Rift as low as possible, and not have it launch at six hundred and maybe five hundred, right? I think. Five hundred for the Rift and two hundred for Touch. That, to me, sounds way more reasonable than eight hundred.
1: I don't know. I don't think them for the Touch for the price of the Rift um, because it it is a it's the superior industrial design and it has the built-in headphones, which I think are huge. Um, So you're saying the
0: price was the
1: price. I think it might be subsidized. You know, I think that that they actually might be telling more or less the truth on having released the Rift at a very low margin.
0: At a low margin, with just bill of materials, or if you factor in the design money and 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 no r d time?
1: No, just the materials.
0: you think really?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I take them at their word on that. I mean, I think that that could have been a much more expensive device if it was if it was a like the product that the company was riding on?
0: I don't know. I, I mean we may never know. yeah, right. I mean, it is what it is. It's six hundred dollars. They didn't announce any bundle, no. Price this uh, cut or anything, I guess they couldn't at this point. And also, we don't know how many riffs are there out there. No. So, no idea how easy it may be to get Touch Controller if you have the riff. But if you do get Touch, you're going to get two free games,
1: at least two. Two at launch. Two, only, yeah, two at launch and uh, at least one more in the next year. Yeah. You're going to get uh, VR Sports Challenge. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of it? Yep. Four sports. Each sport is its own game. And then you, each sport has two mini games. Yeah. That's where I played the fighting. If you play hockey, there's a fighting mini game which plays a lot like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out in a kind of like a VR way. It was kind of fun. Body blow. Um, and then um, The Unspoken. The Unspoken. That that was big.
0: I did not expect that at all.
1: That it would be free? That that would be free. Me too, because yeah. it's so good. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe that's ironic, but I thought this is a game I would buy for sure no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, VR Sports Challenge, maybe not. But uh, Unspoken, day one, I'm buying that game because I had a ton of fun playing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: before we jump into the games, though, uh, let's talk about some of the other announcements. Uh, Hardware wise, they also announced earbuds, replaceable <laughs> headphones.
1: Now, this is odd, right? Because they made a big deal out of the headphones that are on the Rift being very high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, Talked about how there are audio files there and they don't under judge them after you've t- you take, know, you Yep, try them. Don't look at just how they look. Right, cuz they look like something you might get at Walgreens for 8 bucks, but yeah. um they do sound good and I've been very happy with them and hear that now they've come out with earbuds, um, which maybe, you know, they also said that they're releasing the CAD files and they're opening those up. Anybody's free to make modular ear, um, you know, attachments for the Rift. Maybe that's just like demonstrating what can be done with that. This is this is like just to seed that idea in the public consciousness. Get it out there so that they, people know that they can do this. Well, earbuds
0: by, uh, are going to have better sound isolation. Yep. Because they're plugging your ear. So if they're tuned for VR and they have good drivers in there, you know, getting good, getting a good pair of earbuds, um, it shouldn't be that expensive. There are plenty that you can buy on Amazon. They're amazing quality if you don't look yep. for exactly brand names. If you go to the wire cutter and look at their reviews of earphones, uh, you get plenty. Um, so it's... I think the price of $50, if they actually end up being good earbuds... They're bragging about how good they are. Like, then 50 bucks sounds like a great deal to buy them. Yeah. Because you can only use them with the headset.
1: That's the weird thing. Like yeah. They're your Rift earbuds. Um, yeah. I mean, I personally don't think I w- w- would use them because I like being able to expose my ear. I like mm-hmm. that they are exposed a little bit and that I'm not completely cut off. Um, but if you're looking for a more immersive experience, the thing is there's nothing stopping people from using earbuds before. Yep. they just plug them into their computer out, audio output and, you know, not use the Rift headphones.
0: Well, they never address that uh, the fact that they don't have a three-point-five millimeter jack on their headset. Right. Vive has one, maybe in an awkward place, but also Same uh, with the PSVR. PSVR has one on that uh, the power um, control. that's on the cable, like th- that's good design having that option. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're allowing people to do third-party. And they didn't talk about whether people would need to certify their headphones to be yeah that's to, true to be VR tuned or something. Then why not just sell an attachment that lets you plug in your own headphones?
1: Yeah, and maybe there's nothing stopping somebody from using this new you know open CAD, open CAD design to actually just implement a headphone jack.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, in addition to that hardware, so I think that's, is that it. I think that's it with touch. Um, and no announcement of Rift, but the last thing I guess we have to talk about this, the Inside Out tracking prototype.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: This is the this is this made Oculus Connect super exciting.
1: Zuckerberg had everyone on there tingling in the audience because he got up there and he said, "There's two spaces right now. There's the Gear VR and there's the Oculus Rift, and then this Phantom outline of a third mm-hmm. product came into view on the on the big screen projector, and then he said." I don't want to get you too excited, we don't have a product yet. There's nothing to sell, nothing to announce. <laughs> yeah. well, we, have a, we have a demo you can see. And then he played a video of a guy putting on a headset that's completely wireless. Yeah. It looks like a wireless Rift, but it's also it also has motion tracking, or positional tracking. Think about that. The billionaire CEO
0: of one of the biggest companies in the world, invested in selling products, yeah. he has huge partnerships for their big keynote talked about, and then showed prototype hardware. Mm-hmm. Apple would never do that.
1: Oh, God, no. Right? Yeah, no. Like, well, would all- never
0: show <laughs> any of that R&D research, let alone let people use it. Microsoft, yeah. I guess, you, HoloLens was, they had a few few demos back then. I
1: guess that's comparable
0: to show off that tech. But HoloLens was never, I mean, it's, it's now a $3,000 developer kit. It's not a consumer product.
1: Why do you think they did that then? I mean, was it just because they they have so many people coming to Oculus Connect this year? They felt like they wanted to have something amazing. It's to cover up the big elephant in the room. Where's Palmer?
0: Where's Palmer? I don't I don't think it's that. I think it's I mean, that that is the big unspoken elephant in the room. Yeah. No Palmer at all, Palmer Lucky at all, uh at the show, giving keynotes in videos, nothing. No one saw him. So he got Tom Brady'd, sat home, played football. Um I think they did it for investors mm-hmm. to show that they're to show how much R and D they have actually at work. Yeah, and also uh, it's been their tradition. Oculus has before they were bought by Facebook. even after so they they've shown press and their community the, their experiments and research with the Crescent Bay with Crystal Cove, with the 1080p uh, headset, like they never shied away from that Mm -hmm. because they're confident that they can still do it best.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's so far away from a product. This isn't even like the prototype of a product. Like they haven't, they've said, maybe this will turn into something someday. So this isn't this year, this isn't, maybe it's not even next year. No, it it could be within five years. But you did get to use it. Yeah. Now tell us about it.
0: So uh, the prototype is called Santa Cruz. Okay. And it looks very much like a Rift headset um, with what I think is the same display, same lenses running 90 frames per second. Um, but the front panel is a little different in that there are chamfers along the curves on the, the outer rim mm-hmm. of the front part. There are four, what look like to be cameras, small cameras flush with the headset. Yeah. Four small lenses. And then the headset also plugs to the back of the headset. There are no IR tracking markers on, on this headset because it's not outside-in tracking. On the back, where you would normally have the IR lights for uh, re- tracking the back of the head, yeah. there's a small computer in a housing. Was it like duct-taped on there? No, you can't actually see it. It still looks like that triangle. Huh. It just protrudes out, so it's like a, sm- like a case. But it has active cooling in there. But there's a fan in the back. Huh? Small fan that's spinning because it's a prototype. So it needs cooling, they had a, like a battery, it's velcroed to the back of it. Uh-huh. Um, and it makes sense if you're gonna put hardware on a headset to waste distribute, like we talked about you know, the, the Gear VR and Pixel, the, uh, the Daydream, uh, it's all being front heavy. Yeah. This balances just the lenses in the front and the display in the front with, the, with the, the computer in the back. Didn't feel heavy. Did it feel heavier than the Rift? Not noticeably. Wow. It was super small, I mean, if I was a guess, the surface area of the computer was probably, you know, um, two inches by two inches, like two inches by three inches. It's, wow! About, so it's about not maybe, like an
1: Intel Nook or something like that. No,
0: not not smaller, smaller than that. Like huh. less Harper, like more an Arduino size, like like a wow, like a Raspberry Pi uh-huh. size, but shaped like a triangle or what it was, it was obscured. I don't know what shape it was, but yeah. fitting in that space. If you have a Rift headset, look at that area behind like that triangle, that's how big the computer was or how much space the computer took up with then you adding a fan on top. So I presume it's gotta be, I don't know if it was ARM hardware or x86 hardware. That's that's the question I had. Right. Right? Because Oculus on Android is ARM Uh and Oculus on PC is x86. And it was playing a version of the Dream Deck experience and it was on Rift. So it's as if they had a, you know, arm hardware, assume arm hardware, piping, no, it must have been X86, because it had HDMI and USB.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Uh, is it possible that one of those, that those, you said you had four lenses on the front. Yeah. Now quite, they could just be, um, they could be cameras, right? Yep. Maybe that's just all that that is. It's four different cameras all pointing out like, they capture as much information as they can and they decipher that and turn it into depth perception. Mm-hmm. Is it possible, though, that two of those are IR emitters and that they're spraying IR into the world and the other two are receivers?
0: They looked exactly the same, okay. all four. And they were flush. They, they weren't like the size of even like, security cams like you'd put on FEV drones. Yeah. So I think there were four cameras. I tried obscuring them while yeah. we were on the headset and I was able to lose positional tracking. That's crazy. So the tracking was good. Um, but something we did note is that they didn't want a lot of people in the room. There was only me and two other people. The people giving me the demo. They the wouldn't room. even let
1: me to even look. Jeremy wouldn't
0: even wasn't even allowed in the room to look at me getting the demo. Yeah. So our speculation is that any unpredictable movement, people in your environment, would may may hurt the positional tracking. Right. And they could have scanned the room optically
1: with the headset. Maybe this was a very intentionally set up room for this prototype.
0: So even though there are no fiducial markers, effectively you have locked in landmarks
1: Mm -hmm. that the cameras can be tracking. We don't know.
0: Which would be just as good as fiducial markers. Right. right, At some point, if if, if the camera of the system knows what's supposed to be on the wall, and supposed to be on the table, then it might as well be a fiducial marker.
1: What excites me so much is that I asked you if there was any delay at all, any perceivable delay in the motion tracking. You know, if you were to move with just like the sense of floating a little bit behind time, and you said no, that it felt every bit as good as the Oculus Rift. I mean, wow. Yeah. That's really, really promising.
0: Now, a technology they talked about, we haven't talked about yet, uh, they announced is a new version of um, asynchronous
1: time warp that they're calling asynchronous Space. Warp. It's not a new version of it. It's a completely different thing. I
0: think it's the same principle though
1: it, it filling has to, th- it, Yeah, it has to do with frames
0: filling in missing frames Using data from the IMU and data from old frames, right? And in the case of asynchronous time work, they're using uh, uh, in, in the the pipeline if a frame gets dropped They take the last frame and they can take newest IMU data mm-hmm. and then they basically rescale the frame, right? So they kind of rotate
1: it With the Rift, they're always trying to hit 90 frames a second. That keeps motion sickness to a minimum and uh, keeps the game nice and smooth.
0: Yeah. So with um, with Space Warp, they're taking the last they said the last two frames of info, comparing the data. So the idea is assuming you're actually doing some linear movement in the past two frames. The difference in foreground background, they're analyzing like almost like a depth map, I guess, of those two frames. And then generating, projecting out a third frame, right? So that you're getting parallax.
1: So whereas time warp uh, creates new frames based on rotational information, space warp creates a new frame based on positional changes. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's super cool. Yeah. But the problem with that, I mean, potentially, no, actually, it's it's it, it's only a problem in some cases. What they talked about it in being in service of is a new min spec, which is great. I mean, they're lowering the min spec, which I mean I, I could have seen the the spec getting cheaper but you rarely see any kind of new you know high tech hardware lowering a min-spec to actually lower specs um, so now they're saying that you can buy, um, build a PC for 500 bucks that runs Oculus Rift but the the trade off is it only runs at 45 hertz 45 frames a second yeah. and it will in, engage time warp or sorry space warp to interpolate every other frame
0: so that means that 500 dollar PC you're talking about is a partnership specifically with Cyberpower right and using a GD uh, using I'm sorry a, a AMD based system. Their new min spec is GTX nine hundred and sixty. Um, so I don't know if you price out those components, whether you can actually get it down to five hundred dollars. But I still think that's uh, if you're buying a new system, I would never recommend buying that min spec to play games at forty five frames per second. Space Warp to ninety.
1: No, it's it's not the most desirable thing. It, but but it is going to be like a new. Point of like a new measurement point. I think that the hardcore gamers are gonna be looking at their space warp stats And they're gonna to try to minimize that as much as possible because they want that smooth 90 frames to be all those to be rendered
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I don't know if that's a, a toggle for developers like is this technology gonna allow developers to make More graphically intensive games. That's my fear knowing that which is the what's happening in PSVR Yes, yeah. PSVR is locked in three-year-old hardware. Yeah. and you have uh, the processor box, the coprocessor, which allows you to you know, do games at uh, 90 Hertz, 120 hertz native, or 60 Hertz with the ability to double right. to 120 hertz and reproject, which I think is essentially
1: space war. There's definitely po- There's definitely potential here for developers not to be maybe to be lazy. I don't want to call it to be lazy. But that's but a that's this, a possibility take but take it for granted. They could also push the system harder and they could make fancier graphics that only run at 45.
0: But isn't that better? To do that, because if you're pushing next gen graphics and making like a massive world game or something in VR, yeah. knowing that you have space warp as a crutch now, let's say you, you get only 45 FPS on a GTX 1080 yeah. uh, or whatever, then the Titan, right? Um, but knowing that that's, the hardware is going to get faster and that two years down the line, you can play the same game and you can get actually 90 FPS I'm afraid, natively.
1: I'm afraid that's the new reality.
0: It's quite—it's cri- crisis all over again. <laughs> it's can you run crisis? We're gonna oh, can't yeah. it run one,
1: it, native 90. It remains to be seen just how evident Space Warp is. Like, will I be able to tell that it's kicked in? That's what I, I can, not I look forward to seeing that. They don't have a release time frame yet for that. But they said before touch, did they say before the end of the year? Remember when we asked Nate that? What do you say? I forget. Okay. I forget when... The, it wasn't too far in the distant future. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and, it's, of course, it's unlike Time Warp, which debuted first on Gear VR, mobile yeah. side, because it right. made the most sense there. It's that first. Uh, this is going to be on Rift first, because that's it's positional. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, of it's course. It's positional. Right. It's, it's made only for... It's Rift posi- only. Exactly. Um, <sighs> I'm thinking about it now.
1: <laughs> Don't cover your mic, man. Yeah.
0: It's, <laughs> So the, you're talking about the noticeable effects of space warp. Yeah. Because like, there is a telltale sign of time warp when it gets, maybe not when it gets kicked in, but yeah, especially but, for PSVR when you know games are running at 60 hertz, yeah. getting doubled to 120.
1: Right. If but when you with, move
0: your head around too quickly, you get the, the edges start getting a little wobbly.
1: With time warp, it's intermittent when it kicks in. Yes. With space warp, it's all the time. It's all or nothing.
0: Right. Right. Which And it, it can also work alongside of time warp. Right. Um, so, it's almost like if you use Adobe Premiere and you use a warp stabilizer,
1: okay. I think that's
0: essentially okay. what you're talking about. Yep. It's, 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 it's warping a frame in three dimensions yeah. um, and, and not just rotating and stretching, yeah. it's actually doing some, some, some 3D warping on it, uh, which has that kind of wobbly
1: look. Yeah. It's a telltale sign of what. Uh, I look forward to seeing it in yeah. action. So Ugh. speaking of warping, we better warp ahead here. I know,
0: I know. We're running out of time. I got to jump on a flight to New York soon. Uh, let's talk about uh, software. First, uh, Facebook Experiments and Oculus Home. OK, but do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about the games then? Yeah, just We'll talk the games. about the games. All right, we'll talk about the other stuff next week. Yeah, and we're actually, we have a video coming up on Monday, which will have basically a lot of the same information, a lot of our impressions. So stay tuned for that, along with our interview with Nate which has yeah. more insight, more stuff that you got to wait for the video to check out. Um, the games. Yes. So we played a bunch of games they would shown before, uh, you know, such as The, uh, the Unspoken, um, which is your first time playing it. Loved it. Um, they had Dragonfront, which is so sit-down yep. you know, with controllers. Good social uh, card game. Yep, there's so I, No I Expect You to Die, uh, which is a sit-down with touch controllers. Like an escape
1: room kind of experience. Yep. Very hard puzzles.
0: Uh, And then some games that weren't there, like uh, Wilson's Heart wasn't there. I'm a little surprised that that didn't show. Uh, But they had a bunch of new VR experiences. So it was our first chance to play... Let's talk about... I don't want to think about what order to talk about them in. Um, Robo Recall.
1: Okay, Robo Recall. The epic game based on Bullet Time. What was the name of the game? Bullet Uh, bullet Train. train. Bullet Train. Um, So I didn't get to play Bullet Train, but I did play Robo Recall. It's pretty cool. And it's going to be free. Release for touch owners in uh, early next year. I think they said early next year, but Q um, one. It's uh yeah, it's super cool. It's a very comic-y shooting game where you're uh, warping around. But the cool thing is you can warp to anywhere in the world, and you have this arc that you you know use, and then you use the analog stick to control what direction you're going to face once you land there.
0: It's like in uh the, uh, the lab, you know what, what uh, right. or um or budget cuts yep. where you have that parabolic arc mm-hmm. except. Instead of just deploying the arc, you also get to rotate your thumbstick and you, choose your direction.
1: And you can grab the whole concept is the robots have gone bad, and it's the Robo Recall, and you're on the Recall team, so you have to go out and destroy all these robots. Um, so you you can rip them apart and you know shoot at them, and it goes into bullet time, and you grab the bullets and throw them back. Very very fast paced game. It reminded me, um, I, I always forget the name of all these games, but the the Rift game that came out recently where you're teleporting between the different robots. You're an AI. You know the one I'm talking about. Um, uh, you know the one. Damage core. Damage core. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me a bit of that, but a, a lot more freeform. Mm. Like you could go anywhere in the world. You don't have to just go into a robot. Maybe damage core isn't the right name.
0: It's it's the the same people did Dragon Front.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: while you look up the name, uh, arcade, very arcadey shooter, uh, very satisfying, fluid motions. They want you to get creative with how you dispatch the robots. So you can throw your guns at them. You can keep them flipping in the air with bullets. You can um, you can some possess some of them.
1: Uh, yeah, damaged core. Damaged core. Got, it. Got um, it. And that's fun because every time you do one of those effects, comic book text flies on the screen. Um, at one point late in this demo, you becu- you take possession of this big mech, and you can laser these guys everywhere across the whole map. Yeah, uh, lasered you know arcade voices come on the screen it's, it's, it's very epic it feels very epic to me and it's made by epic Games. that's what i meant yeah
0: it feels like a, like a game like like a bullet storm yeah exactly right they, they, they they've they turned gunplay into uh like an arcade experience uh the other game i want to talk about super hot super hot vr super hot uh, which is not just a port of their pc version it's completely made for touch motion controls uh is it the same game though or is no. it it's all new levels it's whole new levels Cool. Um, it doesn't require you to run through. So in, in Super Hot for PC or with gamepad, you can run through environments. Yeah. And movement causes time to accelerate forward. Mm-hmm. In that game, uh, the old game, you uh, when you move the mouse, when you did mouse look, it was that was free. To, you could actually just experience environment. And time would be very slow. Uh, here, uh, doesn't require you to actually run around any environments, but does require you to dispatch people running at you from all directions.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a puzzle game, first-person shooter. Yeah. Which, if you played the gamepad game, you already know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a very interesting concept and an incredibly unique art style. Yeah. And you found that, um, you found a sort of a way to cheat in this in a sense where you we discovered that movement counts and causes time to warp by, but rotational movement doesn't. Yes. So you can look around in any direction and you can rotate your hand, which is holding a gun, um, half the game and. Uh, you can aim without looking down the barrel and basically do that for free. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, it's certainly a, fun. A ton of fun.
0: I mean, it's a game where in the split moments, you're, you know, three enemies are running at you and you have to make decision of, okay, I know I only have so many actions I can do before they get to me or before the bullets start flying. Yeah. Do I engage a, person A or person B or person C first? Do I pick up this object and throw it at them? Do I try to grab their gun? And so you're running through all the scenarios. It's like, it's like you're Batman and... And then you get to then play it out in real time as you play, as you make them make those motions. Yeah. and you can even like punch them and break them apart. Mm-hmm. yeah, so super cool game. It was a really novel take on VR first person shooting. Mm-hmm. All right, Lone echo. That's the one we want to talk about the most. Yes, this is
1: game of show. It's game of show? Oh, God, yeah. The game of the year. This was amazing. Ready at dawn,
0: uh, productions. Uh, and they've been working on this for about a year now—a first-person narrative um, adventure game where you are a robot on a mining station on Saturn. In the rings of Saturn. The rings of Saturn. Yeah. And you can traverse space, the ship
1: in zero the space station
0: in zero g by crawling around and grabbing
1: things. No teleporting. No teleporting this whatsoever. Is real translation through the space in zero g and it does not create motion sickness in me and i'm very susceptible to this stuff yeah. so they they got something right and it's very cool we were trying to analyze why this wasn't a nauseating game because you are just cruising through space and floating in all different directions so they do limit your ability to rotate no
0: it's only three axis of translation movement with the hand control by like grabbing things right where you can just do move forward back sideways and up and down mm-hmm. You can't
1: rotate or tilt right. or roll. Yeah, very important. I think that they discovered that probably early on with a few mm-hmm. doggy barf bags. Yep. Um, and so you are outside and you're grabbing things and you're just th- flinging yourself and then letting go. And so, But that movement of the acceleration is all caused by your own physical person. So you're not pushed through space by an artificial you know, device of, of any kind. You're doing everything with the exception of some jets that are on your hands. And you can press buttons to emit this very subtle gas that comes out of your wrists and shoots you in the direction that your wrists are facing. But yeah. that's very subtle, and it, it's, it only affects your, your direction. It doesn't immediately send you off in that direction. Mm-hmm. It just kind of nudges you that way. Right,
0: it's just like playing a drift where the spacesuit was a spaceship. Yeah. Here you have those kind of positional thrusters yeah. to get you through. It's real physics as close to, you know, as, as you would Believe them to be in your head. they are yeah. not exactly perfect, mm-hmm. uh, but getting through internal environments and also big environments—it uh, was just a
1: blast. And there's no, very little cockpit style to the inside of whatever you. you I guess you have a visor. Yeah, uh, it looks like. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a drift where they really created a cockpit to give you a sense of place and stability. No blinders. It's you're really just you feel like you're there in space, and it's just great. I can't wait to play more, but. Wow, we played multiplayer today, five v five, which is a completely different beast, and that set me over the edge. It's hard for me not to just I get absolutely giddy. When when I got out of this game, I just felt like getting jumping into the the line of people at, at the um, waiting playing, to play and just throwing game. my hands up and just saying yes.
0: It's like Ender's Game. Yeah, very like much. Kiss of Tron. Yeah. Uh, you you have real body presence. It, you're interacting with people on your team and it feels like they're there mm-hmm. in front of you in robot form, you can punch them, you can grab them. Um, it's satisfying, it's rewarding, it's difficult. It, you were doing very well.
1: It's kind of like a, it's a zero G soccer i mean like it's a disc game where you you try to grab a disc and get it into the other team's goal you can toss it to your teammates you can um there's a maximum speed you can have by launching yourself off of objects but if you launch yourself off of another object that's moving i.e one of your teammates you can go even faster so there's a strategy towards like using each other to get to the goal sooner um, and you can punch, if you make a fist with your controller, you can punch enemies in the head and that stuns them. They be, they can't use their controls for a few seconds. Um, I, I'd like to think I stunned you a few times. Yep, oh you did. You got me back though. Um, and I, I just, I, I scored a goal for our team. I just haven't felt that elated in quite a long time. And yeah. this is the game, it's unbelievable. I mean, it really is like, I felt like I once I got out, it was like after you play GTA and you walk down the street, you feel like you can jack any car that's on your block. You, know, you felt you could about. climb over any walls. I felt like I could zero-G launch through the room that I was in, and it was just, it's unbelievable. The, the, the amount of freedom of movement that you have in this game and the, how little motion sickness there was. I really like it.
0: And all right, I think that's all we can say and all we have time for today. Uh, we'll be sharing more of our impressions in videos we have that will be rolling out throughout the week. We'll have a video for uh, Lone Echo. Uh, we already have one up for um, for Robo Recall. We we'll have one for Super Hot and the Unspoken, and of course our interview uh, with Nate uh, Mitchell from Oculus. But it's been quite a week. Uh, sorry to cut the podcast short, uh, but we'll be back with full force next week. Talk about all things technology, science, and VR, including what we've been testing. Um, but uh, I think that's it. Um, I do want to also thank the other sponsor of this week's episode of the Zillian Test, and that's Dollar Shave Club. You may have heard of them. They provide a fantastic shave with a lot of amazing products with great quality uh, best in that market. Make you look like and smell like a million bucks. Uh, Dollar Shave Club has the stuff for your hair, your face, and for your underparts, for everywhere to keep you feeling and looking fresh. And right now is your chance to see yourself. See for yourself why so many people love Dollar Shave Club. If you're not a member yet and you haven't joined, now is the time. You can get your first month of razors for free, just pay shipping, and that's only a few bucks. So join today. Go to dollarshaveclub.com test. Again, that's dollarshaveclub.com test. And we'll be back next
1: week. Do we have an outro for you guys? We do. You can find him at nchan on Twitter. Yes, find me at online and Jer- uh, Jeremy at Shareware. And we'll be back next week with some better audio quality. Whew. Hi there, I didn't see you. That's it. Just like the way my mind works, it's quick like that, and I, I, I don't think ahead about things. at do like ever. If, that's it. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't hear that. (laughs) I got to get to the airport.